God, the preeminent father, is the perfect father. In him, we have a perfect example to emulate as fathers. He has revealed his nature or character in scripture, which guides us when we read and put into practice what we learn. Hello and welcome to the Scriptural Wild Fatherhood Podcast. This is a show for dads and dads-to-be. It is all about how we can be equipped for this important adventure of being a father that has been entrusted to us. My name is James, James Mongombe. I gather these lessons from scripture, how we can emulate God the preeminent father from the animal kingdom because God has spread fatherhood wisdom in the wild and from other fathers who have walked this journey or who are currently walking this journey. And finally, I gather these lessons from experts who have researched, taught, and written on this important role. Thank you for listening, and I wish you all the very best in your fatherhood journey. The word preeminent is defined as follows. In the Oxford Languages Dictionaries, defined as surpassing all others, very distinguished in some way. In the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it is described as follows. Having paramount rank, dignity or importance, outstanding, supreme. And in dictionary.com, it is defined as follows. Extremely distinguished, outstanding or superior to all. This word in my view, aptly describes God in his role as our father. No other father comes close to him in playing this role. He is outstanding, supreme, distinguished, and superior to all other fathers. God, our father, is perfect. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, and I quote, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. This is written in the context of how God treats his enemies. He gives good things even to his enemies, contrary to what would be expected to only be nice to those who are good to you and react badly to those who offend you. This is not the character of the perfect heavenly father, and he calls us to imitate him as his children. So the qualities of God that I will touch on in this episode are for us to emulate as fathers. We may not have these qualities in perfection as God the Father, but each day he gives us is an opportunity to improve and be better as fathers as we follow his example, and this will be good for our children. God, the preeminent Father, has many titles and qualities that are used to describe him. These include the Most High God, Almighty God, Sovereign Lord, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Lord of hosts, Lord of heaven's armies, and the list goes on. So many names to describe him. However, when Jesus taught his followers about prayer, he chose the title, Our Father in Heaven. It is quite interesting that this is how Jesus would have us connect with God. That is, we connect with God as we would connect with our Father. It shows that our God the preeminent father values a connection and relationship with us, his children. I will look at a couple of qualities 
uh, of God. Of course, it's, it's not possible to capture all the qualities that the preeminent father has in one episode. But I'll do my best to capture some of those that I've been able to glean in scripture. The first quality I'll look at is the three omnis. Omni means all. So there are these qualities of God that are described using that word omni, the three of them. This, this is omnipresence, omnipotent, omniscient. The first quality I will look at touches on those three, that God is omnipotent. That is, he is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing and he is omnipresent. That is, he is everywhere at the same time, in all places at the same time. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. His power is seen both in his creation and in the miracles he has done and continues to do. He created heaven and the earth and all that is in them, as is written in the book of Genesis chapter 1. He did so by saying it and it was done. His power is immense and I can only grasp so little of it with my human mind. Isaiah chapter 40 aptly describes God's power this way. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket? or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all this? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. I know that God is powerful, and no one or nothing else can compare to him. That is the view I have of him as my heavenly father. Interestingly, my son thinks I am the strongest person in the world. Of course, this is not factual. However, I have heard him say, when I grow up, I want to be as strong as daddy and be able to fix everything. This in a way illustrates how I should be with God, my heavenly father. Looking at him as the strongest, most powerful and longing to be like him as I grow each day and striving to follow his example. The second aspect of uh, this omni or this all-encompassing qualities of God is that he is all-knowing. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. That is, he knows everything. Nothing on earth and in heaven above takes him by surprise. He knows the big things and the minute details of us, his children, and all his creation indeed. As we read in Isaiah chapter 40, God brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls each of them by name. These stars, according to scientists, are massive, some many times bigger than the earth. So God controls even the universe, the expansive universe. Yet the same God knows the minute details. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 to 31, the Bible says, 
Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So God our Father knows every detail of our lives and what concerns us. In Psalm 139 verse 1 to 4 it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. As fathers, earthly fathers at that, we should aim to know the details of and to know the details about our children as much as possible. This is a quality of the preeminent father we should emulate to. We should take effort or we should make every effort that as far as it depends upon us, nothing about our children should catch us by surprise. This is not easy, of course, but it is doable, especially if we can also employ the next quality of being present for our kids. So the next quality I want to talk about is the aspect of God being omnipresent. So God, the preeminent father, is omnipresent. This means he is everywhere at the same time. He's in all places. He is everywhere in some respects also. He's also within our hearts. In Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12, the Bible says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. God the Father is present and is there for us, his children. He is concerned about our welfare. He cares for us and provides for us on a daily basis. He gives us life and sustains us. I think the omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence of God are tied together by his understanding. He understands us, his children. He came in human form, born of a virgin. He suffered, he hungered, he cried, he wept. He understands all aspects of human life through experience. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20, talks about how the Son, that is Jesus, is the exact representation of the Father. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, 
so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So these verses in scripture show us that God sent his son on earth and was pleased for all his fullness to dwell in the son. The son experienced every aspect of the human nature and so he is able to empathize with us in whatever situation we may be in. And so this shows us that God is present with us everywhere. No matter where we are, he is present and he knows. He is present and he understands what we are going through. He understands whatever it is that we are facing. And as, as, as fathers, this is a quality that we need to be able to emulate in God that we too can have an understanding of an increasing measure, so to speak, of our children and what they're going through so that we can be there for them, to support them, to encourage them, to guide them in whatever situations that they face. The next quality I would like to talk about is the fact that God the Father, God the preeminent Father is abounding in love. God the Father is full of love for us, his children. The depths of his love are deeper than we can begin to understand. In Exodus chapter 33 and 34, God appeared to Moses in person, you might say. He made it possible for Moses to see his back, but not his face. I can imagine that scene, how it must have been so glorious that Moses made this request. He said, God, can I, can I, now you've been talking to me about all these things and you're saying you will be with us, but how about you can show me your presence or your glory. And God granted that request and he said, hey, Moses, I'm going to hide you in a crevice in the rock and I'll cover you with my hand and I'll pass by and then I will remove my hand and you can see my back. How amazing was that? And then after God had done that, we read that he called out his own name. He called out his own name or he proclaimed his own name. It says in Exodus chapter 34 verse 5 to 7, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, 
slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So God the Father describes himself as abounding in love and maintaining love to thousands. Some versions of the Bible say maintaining love to thousands of generations. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8 perhaps is the best description of what love is. And I think it aptly describes God. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This is a quality of the preeminent father. That is love that we should embrace and emulate as fathers. And as fathers, we should have unquestionable love for our children. Each day, we should aim to have them bask in our love as their fathers. The next quality I would like to talk about is the quality that God has, that God is gracious. Our God, our Heavenly Father, the preeminent Father, is a gracious Father. When God appeared to Moses in Exodus chapter 34 and as written in verse 5 to 7, which we read earlier, he proclaimed that he is compassionate and gracious. Grace is God's unmerited favor towards us as his children and indeed as his creation. Probably the best story in the Bible that depicts the preeminent father's grace is the story of the lost son told by Jesus. It says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 24, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country. There squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he had come to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. 
Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. This is a demonstration of the father's grace. The son had strayed and did wrong things. However, when he returned to the father, the father welcomed him with open arms, with no reservations. This is great love and grace shown by this father. We will do well to imitate this example as fathers. We as believers are beneficiaries of God's grace as we live in this world. In Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14, the Bible says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself our people, for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. The foregoing are just but a few qualities of the preeminent father. There are many more of his qualities that are written in the scriptures. We will do well as fathers to familiarize ourselves with all the qualities of the preeminent father and emulate him. As earthly fathers, we possess these qualities in some measure, such as love, grace, forgiveness, being slow to anger, presence, knowledge of our children, etc. Our aim should be to raise the bar or to trend towards being more and more like the preeminent father, who indeed is perfect in all these attributes of a father. And I urge you to go into scriptures and look into understanding more and more of these attributes of the preeminent father. In conclusion, I would like to end this episode with a passage from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 14 to 21 where Paul captures the essence of the preeminent father in a prayer. I would like to pray this for you as you listen today. For this reason, I kneel before the father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. I welcome you to join me next week when we'll be looking at yet another episode. We will be looking at the 
attributes or qualities of the preeminent father that he has spread out in the wild. Some of these um, animals that he created, the animal fathers, he has put these qualities in them and we'll be examining some of them so that we can continue to learn how to grasp these attributes and put them into practice in our own lives as fathers. Thank you and I wish you all the best in your fatherhood journey.